0: What's up everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Can't wait to get into today's episode. Man oh man, we are in week 7, but we are going to recap week 6. There's so much to go over here, right? Some great games between Georgia Tech and for Georgia Tech and Duke. Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Carolina FSU, Wake Forest, Syracuse, all the things that we have to go over. But more importantly, we got to talk about some highlights. You know, what was our favorite game of the weekend? And then what are we looking forward to as we're starting to get into the thick of football? Man, I can't wait to have JJ here because at the end of the day, let's tell it here, the ACC just enjoys wins wherever they can get them. And we'll talk about why that's so special here in a moment, here on Locked On ACC. What's going on, J.J. Jackson in the building, and we are talking through some great games of Week 6. We are recapping Atlantic Coastal Division and best game of the weekend. J.J. is here to talk with me through some highs and lows, as we saw for Week 6, some great moments and some tough moments, all of that in between. So let's get right into things, J.J. I hope you had a great weekend.
1: Yeah, Candace, same to you. Uh, It was a good weekend. More football was played, not as much ACC football as we've seen in the past few weeks, because we're in the middle of the season where several teams are taking their bye weeks and that sort of thing. But, boy, we were still treated with several great games across the country. Uh, You know, the number one team in Alabama lost a football game as the ACC continues to kind of settle its uh, hierarchy and footprint. A lot of good stuff happened this weekend, so I can't complain.
0: No doubt. And we saw some teams still make it in the top 25 with Wake Forest and NC State. And that's always something we can tip tip off our hat to. So let's talk about Wake Forest, right? They played Syracuse in a really tough matchup. We had Sam Hartman pretty much forcing it at times. But more importantly, it seems like Wake Forest in general... Did they play down to Syracuse? It's, it remains to be seen because I think a Syracuse team is very good. They are still searching for that big major win after coming off a loss against Florida State, playing at home against the Demon Deacons, who were undefeated. They were trying to defend their 6-0 season and were able to pull it off. But, man, it was tough, and it had to go into overtime to do it. Would love to get your initial thoughts just about the game overall and then maybe some more inside looks.
1: Incredible game. I mean, what a fun one we got to watch between Wake Forest and Syracuse. Lake Forest now on sort of this national scale, right, as a top-20 team in the country with the ACC having so much uncertainty in the conference, more eyes run Winston-Salem and what Dave Clawson's able to do with that program. Sam Hartman is somebody we talk about week in and week out, and he had another solid performance at quarterback for Wake Forest. Syracuse had opportunities to really win this football game. I mean, they had a lead at halftime. They found a way to get the lead again towards the end of the third quarter and into the fourth, Uh, but uh, you got to tip your cap to Wake Forest for powering through, handling adversity, and you mentioned playing down to your competition. I I do think that can happen from time to time in college football. I don't necessarily want to say that Wake Forest was disrespecting Syracuse by any stretch of the imagination or overlooking them, but for whatever reason, you are tend to come off to uh, slower starts from time to time when you're expected to win at the level that you are. I think that happened for Wake Forest. But look, championship football teams, and Wake Forest is trying to be a championship football team in the ACC this year. They find ways to win regardless of the scenario. We're going to look back on this, and all we're going to see is a W next to Wake Forest's name because they won the game.
0: Listen, I say the same things, and I'm looking at Wake Forest's numbers, right? Sam Hartman, 330 yards on the day. Christian Bill Smith, who did not play that much against the Louisville game, had 63 yards. They were effective in the run game, but not really. But I think it was for me, A.T. Perry, right? Three touchdowns on the day. He was just your go to guy. We normally talk about Jaquari Robinson, but man, A.T. Perry, <laughs> they were saying his name is all touchdowns on their Twitter spaces. And I, of course, like that's just who you. You are. I think from a Syracuse side, you saw some play calling that you know, some head scratching opportunities when they got down, they were trying to go for two when they were down by one and I'm sitting here like, tie the game, like go for it, (laughs) go into overtime. And then I'm getting into arguing with my boyfriend because he's saying, no, when you have the momentum, you try for two because you know you're not the better team. So you know you have to, you know, make that ability and, you know, strike while the iron is hot because you don't necessarily feel like you can kind of capitalize in that overtime thing. But I would like to know your thoughts because we saw some games also in the SEC where people were going for two (laughs) when they could have tied at one. Would you, if you were a coach and you had to be a decision
1: maker in that you know instance
0: would you go for two or would you try and tie it and go into overtime
1: look I kind of like the idea of going for two and just ending it there if you feel like Mm. you can't score from the two-yard line can you really win a football game when it comes down to it right and so uh, the game you're referencing in the SEC Arkansas and Ole Miss what a shootout that one was defense was optional between Sam Pittman's Arkansas Razorbacks and Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels and so we saw Arkansas try to go for the win I think also Candace You see that more frequently when it's the visiting team that's Mm. trying to win and pull off the upset on the road. That's what Arkansas was trying to do. Wake Forest opted not to necessarily do that, but they were on the road, you know, and and Syracuse the same way. They did not. They were the home team, and they said, "You know what? We'll kind of settle for overtime. We'll try to see if we can win this football game." Then as uh, Sean Tucker scored with 21 seconds remaining to go in regulation. And then A.T. Perry, I love that all-touchdowns <laughs> moniker for, for A.T. You know, like yeah. that is incredible. And to have a 69-yard touchdown catch, 46 yeah. yards, and yeah. then the walk-off winner in overtime was 22 yards. I mean, this is a deep ball threat, and uh, that was cool to see the walk-off winner
0: was heartbreaking for me as someone who was like, okay, Syracuse, just get one win because I'm all for (laughs) trying to root for Dino here, but damn it if that secondary didn't let you down, okay? So, I mean, all in all, I think it was a great game. Very eye-opening that some decisions are going to have to be made up there in Syracuse, but, you know, 37-40 loss, trying to find your bearings and still have a long way to go with some great teams that you have left to play as the Orange, but Wake Forest, they are still very much in control of their own destiny. They have two great teams they still have to face in my opinion against NC State and Boston College they can do it I think they they're squeaking to me as the team in the Atlantic to certainly watch out for but I would also like to get your thoughts on another Atlantic team who had a great weekend Florida State right they came in to Chapel Hill Apparently, the underdog, one in four on the year, only won one game, and that was against Syracuse. Everyone's assuming Chapel Hill is the main team; they are it, they are the it factor. And then they lose by ten. What was it? Yes, it ended up being ten, I believe. So yep, thirty-five. To, yes, l- losing by ten to the Seminoles, and Jordan Travis hundred a 1, thousand receiving yards with his rushing record for the school. And I'm sitting here like, so why every year do we make Jordan Travis? look like a Heisman candidate? I would love to know. And so for you watching that game or even, you know, looking at highlights, what went wrong for Carolina?
1: But more importantly, why is Mac Brown blaming us, the media, (laughs) for their issues? (laughs) I, I, I do think it's interesting how this one played out because I really thought North Carolina would be able to take care of business against the Florida State team that's been underwhelming, to say the least. They keep going back and forth between quarterbacks. Jordan Travis is clearly the guy this past Saturday as he was able to throw for three touchdown passes and run for two more. So all five scores, he's accounting for him. He only had two incompletions the entire game, was able to do whatever he wanted to against uh, that North Carolina defense pretty much. So I was impressed. I really yeah. was impressed with what I saw from Florida State.
0: And you really thought Jordan Travis was like, okay, this man has been in control this entire time. You wouldn't even know that he wasn't the leading quarterback at some points in this season. He was, he was embarrassing that Carolina defense, but we, I have said over and over that that ground game, anybody who has a decent ground game has a shot to beat. UNC this season. But I think for me, what was most frustrating was again Mac Brown going in on the media saying, you guys hyped this up to be this. And now I'm asking you to be patient because we're not that. I tried to, you know, have a little humility towards the end of that preseason talk, but I'm not going for it. Right. I think that you have a Heisman level quarterback. Yes, you lost a lot of people, but your defense allegedly got better. It's supposed to be a year different maturity-wise, and yet we're still having the same conversations about fundamental things. Somebody's got to go. And I, I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to name drop. I'm not going to embarrass anybody on the show. But we can start to have conversations. That if it's not
1: working, it's broke, so we right. need to fix it. And I think for Florida State, for sure, we've talked a lot about their offense, and rightfully so. They were able to score pretty much at will throughout the contest when they put together successful drives against North Carolina, but also let's give some love to their defense and what they were able to do because, look, it's a tall task to go up there and stop quarterback number seven, Sam Howe, for the Tar Heels this season. Yeah. Held to just six yards a completion on average. Their defense wanted to bring secondary help up and made Sam Howe beat them kind of through the year. Wasn't necessarily able to do that, and North Carolina trying to alleviate those struggles – wanted to run the football, and they couldn't do it. Sam Howe was their most effective runner on Saturday as a quarterback. That yeah. just can't happen if North Carolina wants to continue to win football games this season. They need to get more out of Ty Chandler, who's a roller coaster of a player so far this year for the Tar Heels.
0: Carolina's offense beat itself. It truly did. I mean, there was an interception in the end zone and just couldn't get the ball moving some three and outs. It was just all bad. And I really felt for Sam because you can tell he's giving his all, but his energy and he's not a real emotional guy, but we can tell body language. Like we're smart enough to know at some point, everybody gets frustrated when you have to do everything. Right. So I think that's my biggest issue, but I can't stand the fact that I have to get on Friday's show and talk to Jersey Drake. Like, that's going to be the hardest part of my week, for sure. But, no, I want to talk about more of these games. I think Coastal Side will jump here in just a bit. But let's talk about some prize picks, okay? All, All of you college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? This is a daily fantasy made easy. Offers more college football props than anyone in the world. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code LOCKED ON. PrizePix allows mixed sports entries, and you can use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com, use promo code LOCKED ON, or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And when you are traveling this season, we know we you still have a few more games to go. We want to make sure that you are all set with using our favorite, that is Rock Auto. Today's episode is brought to you by our family-owned business, serving auto park customers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. All right, so we're talking with J.J. Jackson here from Locked On Blue Devils. I don't know if I gave him that, you know, formal intro, but you guys can find him there. He always talks good things about that place in Durham. The Duke Blue Devils are having a great, what should be fun season when it comes to uh, basketball, because, you know, it's Coach (laughs) K's last one. But let's talk about that uh, football side of things. I was in Wallace Wade this past weekend as they faced Georgia Tech, a coastal rival, and... Everything was supposed to go Duke's way, and it was right. Duke was in that game, they fought back through adversity. They had been down up to as much as 14, climbed their way back into being in the lead towards the last like five to six, maybe even less than that, minutes of the game. Ultimately, to let it get away from them, you got to ask yourself at some point, you know, maybe it's just time for a change in leadership, or do they just not have the right pieces in place to be as successful as other teams in this conference?
1: Yeah, I certainly don't want to necessarily jump to the let, let's move on from David Cutcliffe scenario because obviously that is something that's coming, that's imminent. Everyone knows that, whether it's this year, whether it's two years from now, yeah. whatever it may be. I do think that there's still a lot to play for with the Duke football team this season, considering the fact, Candace, that uh, for the most part through ACC play, they've been in it, right? Yeah. With the exception of last week's game versus North Carolina in the second half where it got ugly and it got out of hand, Duke's trying their best to be competitive. In these games, they had opportunities to win against Georgia Tech yesterday, but it's a pretty much new football team. They're still trying to figure out their identity, which is incredible to think about. As Duke is so uh, adamant about running the football from time to time, uh, and then also have stretches where all they want to do is throw the ball with Gunnar Holmberg, who's fourth nationally in completion percentage. I mean, if this guy's throwing the football, it's going to be caught, which is a great thing. Sometimes that might just be two yards down the field, but he's able to kind of move the ball through the air when Mateo Durant can't pick it up running. And so I think they're still trying to figure out that balance offensively and then defensively when it gets later in football games, the secondary kind of collapses. They made a couple of big interceptions yesterday, but uh, unfortunately it was a little too late as Georgia Tech was able to get a good impressive win uh, for a Tech team that got blown out by Pittsburgh The week before, so let's credit Georgia Tech for being able to bounce back and pick up a win like they were. No doubt, and I know you're mentioning
0: Holmberg's receiving, and we got to credit Jalen Calhoun and Jake Boba. I think those two guys were certainly making him look amazing yesterday. But more importantly, you know, we always talk about our man Mateo Durant. He had 152 yards on the day. What was it? He just got another individual record. What was it? 2,000 yard rushing. Yeah, in a career. Yes. And to me, it's like, okay, you have the studs, right? You have the studs to be successful. And I think that is just how can we be consistent when it's working? Let's keep it rolling. And I agree with you. I think there were times where it would just be working and we're like, (laughs) all right, let's try something else. (laughs) Let's have a flash of some run game. Oh, let's have a flash of some receiving. So ultimately, I also believe that, you know, Duke put themselves in position position defensively to say, "Okay, I'm going to give you a takeaway, capitalize on that offense. And they weren't able to do that. And I think that's where you have the struggles. And that's what makes good teams, great teams. When you make teams pay for their mistakes and Georgia Tech made plenty of them, they made got Carolina, I mean, got Duke in that game. And Jeff Sims, I think that was for me, his accuracy yesterday was wild, wildly off. And I was just like, hey, anybody could t- like, tip this man off. Like That was just something I was expecting to see a little bit better from. But his run game certainly was great. Jameer Gibbs was great on the day. But ultimately, it was Duke's game that slipped out of their hands. Final play, yeah. getting an interception.
1: And then the other thing, too, that needs to be said is, you know, you talk about play calling or decisions that a head coach makes. And there were moments in the football game yesterday where Duke would face fourth and one in the scoring zone. Uh, just outside of the red zone, and and Duke would decide to keep the offense out on the field and not pick up points. Later in the game, similar scenario, what is Duke going to do? Coach Cutcliffe decides to kick, and Charlie Hamm misses field goal. He was two for four yesterday in those spots. That's six points left on the board. Duke lost by four. So kicking is just a part of a game. I feel like uh, in football, oftentimes we don't discuss that as much as we probably should, but there are three phases to the game and special teams is certainly one of those. And Charlie Ham just didn't make his kicks yesterday, and that would have helped Duke out. Man, Charlie Ham had a day. And I think that's (laughs) like you try and trust your kicker, but then when they make multiple mistakes,
0: you're like, okay, I'm not going to put as much trust in you. But it really is a roll-the-dice game. You have to look someone in the eye and say, hey, can you deliver for me? And, of course, they're going to say yes, and they want to. But he just couldn't get it done as much as they should have. But you're absolutely right in that regard. And so, to me – You know, it's tough. Again, I see a coach cut and I'm saying, yes, the X's and O's, the history behind you want to see who Duke can be because you see the great gyms and the people that they have. Shout out to Daniel Jones. Unfortunately, we were watching, I was watching the Giants game today. My man got a concussion. He was trying to go in the end zone. And I'm like, not your job, my guy, not your job. But, you know, I'm sure he'll get a check-in call from Coach Cut later. Yeah. But I think it's just one of those things where I'm, I want better for Duke because I know when you don't do well, people just start looking around. And, you know, you're like, okay, what kind of changes do we need? And so maybe they'll figure it out. We still have a long season to go. I mean, Duke's still sitting at fourth place in the Coastal. That's just something that I'm sure – Well. A lot of people wrote them off at the beginning of the season, and there are other teams that can st- certainly fit the bill for being worse than we expected.
1: And then the last thing on Duke, and this will apply to a couple other teams in the ACC, for me at least, you mentioned being fourth in the Coastal and where Duke is at through their first six games this season. Keep in mind, this is a Duke football team, that their first four games of the season were all non-conference competition right some teams split it up you'll play some non-conference games later in the year or perhaps your big rivalry game at the end of the season speaking of a team like Georgia Tech when they take on Georgia every year so there is room for Duke to pick up wins because they still have those ACC games left on the schedule what we look at the North Carolina team they've played six games it feels like all of them seven of them even more than they've played have all been in-conference competition and that sort of thing. So uh, Duke is certainly not the only team that's in this spot in terms of having knocked out all of the non-conference games before jumping into strictly ACC play. But from a a strategic kind of going into the back stretch of the season standpoint, that could be a good thing for a Duke football team that's trying to make up ground because you know exactly what you have to do. You're not thinking about games in week one or week two in the ACC that you should have won. It doesn't matter. Those games are still ahead of you.
0: No doubt. And their next home game will be against Pitt. Well, well, you know, that one will be fun. That's for sure. But anything can happen in the coastal. I certainly believe that. Final game, we want to talk about Virginia and Louisville. Virginia's starting to feel himself a little bit, right? They're rolling. They beat Louisville 34 to 33. Brendan Armstrong having a day per usual, right? But I think it I don't know if it said more about Louisville, you know, yesterday or not even yesterday, on Saturday, or it said more about this Virginia team who's trying to fight back and find ways to win.
1: No, I think that this football game was great for Virginia. It was a much-needed win for them. As we keep talking about Vernon Armstrong, my goodness, the dude threw 60 passes, Candace, <laughs> in a football game and completed 40 of them. Unbelievable, 487 yards, 13 shy of 500. Incredible effort Insane. from him. Yeah. Awesome to see Virginia get back in the win column once again, uh, uh, defeating Miami in the Thursday night game last week and, of course, coming off uh, the loss to both Lake Forest and North Carolina. Consecutive victories for Virginia. We'll see if they can continue to build on this momentum. Up next for the Cavaliers are the Duke Blue Devils, who we just talked about a moment ago, as they will host them in Charlottesville. So what a big win it was for Virginia.
0: Yeah, and I'm thinking you talk about coastal rivals and matchups. I think that Duke could really use that pick-me-up. And maybe they're a pissed-off team trying to look for that win against Virginia. Maybe Virginia's feeling themselves a little too much after skating by, you know, Louisville. So it'll be a fun one for sure. And before we get to the best game of the weekend, we are going to make sure we take a break right here. To remind you guys, if you had the opportunity to bet, I hope that you still got some money left after Saturday. If you're betting on the NFL right now, you are sitting here like, man— what happened after Monday night. I don't know if I should keep going, but hey, I strongly encourage you to hit up Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Number one spot for all the pro and college football this season with a new updated and, site and interface they've got more odds props and contests you can head to that website today or use your mobile device and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games you got to take advantage of all the offers available to you bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports bet online is definitely the where the game starts now, I've told you guys many times before, but as we're getting ready for the winter season, we want to make sure you guys are nice and right as you might have some winter outings. You never know what you're going to do. Maybe you have a speaking engagement that you want to go to, but we want to make sure you're equipped with sweat block. These wipes are doctor created, doctor recommended and work for up to seven days per use. They are the best seller for the past 10 years at over 13,000 reviews, currently number 1 in Amazon for anti-perspirant category. You can wear what you want. It's your little secret to confidence. I promise you it is a must have. For your seasons where you just are trying to be on the go. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I've heard many good things from friends and family about using Sweatblock once or twice a week and it keeps them dry the whole time. No more pitting out and no more picking clothes based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at CBS. So we're wrapping up the show here with, whew, man, I almost said AJ, but I meant JJ. Okay, that's something tomorrow. about AJ's name. That is tomorrow's show. We have power rankings there, but JJ Jackson rounding out week six. Were there any good things that you saw from week six from any teams in the conference? I know there weren't a lot, but there was still you know enough playing. Were there any lows that you're sitting here scratching your head, hoping it gets better?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think certainly the high would be Wake Forest finding a way to get that victory in overtime versus a Syracuse team that's. Uh, trending in the right direction, I believe. And I, I think for a low, it would absolutely be North Carolina with what they did mm-hmm. against Florida state over the weekend. This is a Tar Heel team that needs to regroup and, uh, get back to a, a better level playing field. You want to make sure for sure you get into bowl eligibility. And I think North okay. Carolina will get there, but six weeks into the year, I, I mean, no one thought this North Carolina team would be three and three six weeks into the season it's amazing, we haven't even touched on this, that Mac Brown has never beat Florida State, that being his alma mater, as he was a running back for the Seminoles back in the 70s and, and still never beat that football team. Um, and uh, I guess he never might get that opportunity, depending on how many more seasons Mac Brown goes at it as the coach of the Tar Heels. So I'd say the high would be Wake Forest, and then uh, the low would be the play of, of North Carolina from this past weekend.
0: I absolutely do not disagree. And I will even say the highest FSU, they're figuring out a way to win. They are staying with one quarterback. Congrats to them for being on a roll and having the confidence they need to not be the team that's known for losing to Jacksonville State and letting that be their marker for the year, right? They are bouncing every single game, taking one you know play at a time, winning at home, winning away. I think that's what Norvell certainly wants to see out of his guys. And more importantly, some low Syracuse, right? You've got Dino Babers, You've got you know their offensive coordinator who clearly have a disconnect. But in the high that you found your quarterback, the low is that you still can't get it done. Right at the yeah. end of the day, all we care about is wins here. That's what people are going to remember you most by. So they have to figure out a way to seal wins from start to finish. You can be up, but make sure you get it done when the clocks hit zero zero.
1: And Candace, as you said, on tomorrow's show, you're going to have your weekly rankings as you do every Wednesday. And then when we get to Thursday and Friday, we start to turn our attention more towards week seven. I think that can apply with a lot of the teams we discussed today because a number of them are going to be going into their bye weeks. So no football for them this upcoming weekend. And then even still with the teams that did not play this past Saturday, how do they respond after a week off the likes of Clemson On the road at Syracuse, that's a pretty difficult game to come back into a Friday night in the Carrier Dome where they're going to want to upset Clemson like they've done in years past before. And then a team like NC State coming off a bye against the Boston College team that also was not in action this past week. I'm excited to see them get back on the football field.
0: Yeah, listen. Maybe DJ is going to have a coming out game because now he's a real wrestler. That would not be great for Syracuse, right? At all. That would not be good. <laughs> I think an NC State team is trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to keep rolling. They're trying to prove that they can be the dominant team, and they're everyone's trying to set us up for November 13th, which is going to be State and Wake Forest playing each other. And you never know, someone's going to spoil something for either. So I'm looking forward to that Atlantic Division matchup. Of course, that's exactly the two that we thought, you know, this preseason <laughs> we're going to be battling. But that, that's what makes it more fun at the end of the day. JJ, no it's always it's always fun to have you here. Can you please
1: remind folks of where they can find you follow your work? Absolutely. Locked on Blue Devils every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore exciting week as this Duke football team gets ready to travel to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. And then also coming up on Friday this week, Candace, Countdown to Craziness, the final tip-off event for Coach K. Uh, We've got Late Night with Roy or Hubert Davis, whatever they're calling it now. Uh, So basketball season right around the corner, and we're discussing all those things um, on our podcast network.
0: No doubt. And we, again, thank you guys for making Locked On ACC your first listen each and every day. If you want to get any more of the conference news, strongly encourage you guys to download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen. And we're also on YouTube, so you can subscribe to there. See our lovely faces and all we have to say. For Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson, we hope you have a great rest of your day. AJ Black tomorrow on Wednesday show. Power rankings are on the deck. We'll see you then, and until next time.